Today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you for joining us today as we are going to have lots of wonderful information for you and exciting guests for you as well. Today is our day with Deborah Page and the Growth Factor, and she has a wonderful guest as well as some surprises. So you don't want to switch off of the show at all. You want to stay until the end of it. All right, we are going to have an exciting time on today. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. But I would advise you to get your pen and paper out because there's going to be something you can learn. Let Brighton Travel help you with your getaway vacation or cruise. We're a full-service agency, so we specialize in honeymoons, hotel, air, and car rental as well. Call today at 704-491-3528, or you can reach us on the web at brightontravel.com. Ask Tani Credit Restoration Insight. The key is to address the problem head-on. For some, this can be embarrassing. You might think your poor financial record is a sign of poor character and addressing it might seem overwhelming. But rest assured that bad credit and financial woes happen to all types of people. It might occur because of a crisis, a job loss, a divorce, or a sudden illness. And yes, let's not forget sometimes it happens because you mismanaged your money. Let's start fresh and design a plan to restore your credit. Enhancing your credit is easy if you know the components that make up your credit scores. To receive exclusive tips and resources, go to www.asktani.com. Have you considered hosting your own radio show? But getting started seems intimidating. For instance, what platform should you use or how can you make money with this endeavor? Well, I have the solutions to these questions and many more in my three video series called So You Want to Be in Radio. Here you will discover what I've learned over the past three years through trial and error. I'm willing to share my knowledge with you, and for you allowing me to help you, I will get you one free month on air hosting your own radio show, a free copy of Think and Grow Rich, a free copy of 36 Ways to Instigate Your Success, as well as 8 Steps to Living Your Dream. For only $29, you will get all of the tools to get you started and keep you motivated. Take the first step by going to www.thisneedstobesaid.com right now. The time is now, so go to www.thisneedstobesaid.com. Let your voice be heard. Now, I'm in a 
my eyes filled up with tears. This is not the way I planned my life. Thought you would always be there. Wasn't the least bit prepared. You walked out the door, didn't care no more. But Inspirational and honest, The Growth Factor with Deborah Page is about growing forward while navigating through this thing called life. God presents opportunities for our growth, utilizing not only our successes, but also the fertilizer of our challenges. Yes, there is wisdom in it all. He wastes nothing. Thank you for joining us during this segment of The Growth Factor with Deborah Page. Let's take this journey as we delve into topics regarding mental health, personal growth, and other important issues as we purpose in growing forward together. Come on, join the ride. It's going to be great. Opening and closing instrumental, one of a kind, 
produced and written by New Breed of Soul. Good day, good day. Um, beautiful people, I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Grill Factor with Deborah Page on This Needs to Be Said. Uh, I also want to say happy birthday to all the November babies. My birthday is tomorrow, so I'm excited. So happy birthday, everybody. I hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous month. Um, today, join, joining me today as my guest is a good friend of mine, actually, and she is has been a phenomenal uh, inspiration in my life, and I wanted to have her to come on to discuss and to share her story and also to talk about her book, um, Memoir from a Glass Rose. Uh, welcome, April Lalanne. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. Yes, you know, it's always an honor uh, when you and I have a chance to uh, talk and interview and uh, things of that sort. I had the pleasure of interviewing April um, about a year or so ago, and she was a blessing to me, and I just want to publicly say thank you to her. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. So, uh, April, tell us a little bit about your book, um, just to give the people... Um, some information about your book, and I wanted to talk about that first. So tell tell us a little bit about your book and what influenced you to write it and how you personally gained through writing and sharing your story with the public. Oh, absolutely. Well, the name of my book is Memoir from a Glass Rose, and the name actually came out of a crack addiction that I had for about 25 years um, it's my story, and in crack addiction, people use something that's called a glass stem to smoke crack. And to be sold in the stores, what they would do is put a rose inside of that glass stem, seal the ends, and they could sell it. And I always felt like I was just like that rose trapped in a glass, something that's so simple yet so complex and the, the name just kind of grew from there. I was actually influenced to be a writer when I was young. My mother passed away when I was very young, unexpectedly at about eight years old. Shortly afterwards, I was molested by a cousin and subsequently raped a couple of years after then. And being so young, I really didn't have a voice then, and so words became my voice. And many, many years later, I met my husband, who used to tell me all the time, you should write a book. And my life was so tragic growing up. I never thought anyone would want to hear, you know, about things that were so painful. Yet I I listened and I wrote it. And many years after I wrote the book, um, I was blessed that it came out. And it's had such a positive impact on women especially. It's like I gave them a voice, the women who are, addicted and abused to let them know that it's okay to have the tragic past that we had. You know, we can all emerge from that glass rose. Wow, that is phenomenal. And uh, you really said something I've never known um, about the the pipe with the glass, with the rose on the inside of it. That's amazing to me. Wow. Well, what were, I, I know you shared with us just now about, some of the things that happened to you in your past. 
but why drugs? Why? What was it about drugs that pulled you in? I'm not quite sure if there was one specific reason why I initially turned to drugs. I feel that I was predisposed um, genetically to be a drug addict. There was drug on my mother's side. There was alcoholics on my father's side. Now, had I had the proper childhood environment, then maybe I might have had a chance to have a different life. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And eventually I did when I was introduced into drug use. Um, It became something that just kind of took off right away. And it was around me. Okay. You know, it was yes, it was around me. So drugs were rampant around me. Even though we may have been in a in an upper income bracket, there was still a lot of drugs. And I think that's kinda where my past and the present kinda came together and and I became an abuser of drugs. Well, drug addiction does cross all social economic lines. I mean, it's in the well to do neighborhoods, it's in the middle class neighborhoods. It's in the um, poor neighborhoods, so there is no Absolutely. Um, drug addiction affects many across those lines. So now we talked briefly before about depression and you having been been diagnosed with PTSD. Now let's talk briefly about how depression and possibly PTSD may have also complicated this um, particular situation. Absolutely. Well, when I was young, uh, my mother died suddenly. She went to the hospital for some simple procedure, and they gave her too much anesthesia, and she passed away suddenly. And then subsequently after, I had several different horrific situations that happened to me. Now, Mm -hmm. being so young and having so many things happen, my mind you know, had had a tragic tragic occurrence of his own. And okay. when I was diagnosed with PTSD and depression, I really didn't understand exactly what it was. So I really didn't pursue the treatment like I should have. And okay. I think that ended up steering me into substance abuse. Now, okay. what we find in substance abuse, that there are quite a number of clients who have dual diagnosis. They have substance abuse issues, plus they have mental health issues. Now, because a lot of people who do suffer with mental illness have a lot of aggression and anger Mm -hmm. in those types of um, situations, a lot of times they don't get diagnosed correctly because they can't get treated correctly. So the, the problem of mental illness doesn't go away, and so they seek to medicate in yeah. any way, shape, form, or fashion. And so that's why you find a lot of substance abuse among mental illness patients. And that's so true. And, yes, the dual diagnosis can make it a little more challenging to figure out exactly what's going on with the individual. You are absolutely, absolutely. right about that. Now, your addiction, how did it affect your family, your relationships, and maintaining your responsibilities? Wow, addiction slowly and methodically tore a hole into every relationship, every friendship, every responsibility I had since its uh, conception. Uh, Addiction was like a black hole in my life that ripped my family apart. It seemed like it was unfillable, it was unconsolable, unrepairable, um, a completely deep abyss is what I Mm -hmm. equated to. 
uh, my children were ripped from my heart due to my addiction. And this was, you know, something that I tried to prevent. But with addiction, it is a never-ending struggle to normalcy, and it just never happens. Um, I distinctly remember one particular day my oldest son looked at me with such disgust while I was high that it basically tore my soul from my body. Mm -hmm. Addiction is one of those things that is so progressive and so aggressive. I mean, it's an aggressive disease that attacks whether it comes fast or it comes slow, it attacks every part of who you are. It, it, it infects and destroys your mind, your body, mm-hmm. your soul, your spirit, your family. It's hard to hold a job, you know. Wow. But yes, it's a very, very difficult disease. Wow. And um, thank you for sharing that because you being so honest and open, I know could possibly help someone who may be facing the same thing or they may know somebody who's dealing with uh, addiction or in the throes of it or, you know, wanting to come out of it. And it's good to really earmark these things to let people know these are addiction will rip your life apart, not only rip your life apart, but rip your relationships from you, rip your your jobs from you. I mean, absolutely, it definitely absolutely, has a negative effect on the majority of your life. Now, when we talk about addiction, and with you coming full circle from addiction to till today, share a little bit about what you currently do. With, right um, now, I currently work at a drug treatment facility which I never, ever expected to happen to me. I remember sitting in a crack house one day after I had lost my children, thinking that my life was over, and now today here I am working in a drug treatment facility, and it's called Breakthrough Recovery Outreach in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a wonderful substance abuse facility. I like it because we treat the whole person. We treat the mind, body, and the spirit, which is absolutely important in trying to recover from substance abuse. Um, unequivocally, it my life has just taken and transcended to places I never thought it could go. Okay. I remember, like I said, sitting there thinking that my life was over, and here mm-hmm. I am today helping people just like me. And that's okay. why I can be so transparent and not worry about what people think, telling the truth about who I was and how I became to where I am today. Okay. Okay, wow. Well, I tell you what, I think this is a great time to take a break. Uh, During the break, you're going to be listening to an artist from Columbia, South Carolina. His name is Chris Kidnova Tucker, or he goes by Kidnova. So listen to the song. Let us know what you think um, about it on the TNTBS talk show Facebook page. And also, during the break, if you get an opportunity, we have a special offer from Miss April, she's going to be providing and giving away one of her books to the third person to post on the TNTBS talk show Facebook page. So be the third person. You can get her book. All right, we'll take a break right now. We'll see you shortly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. See, man, my flesh be on some other stuff. I try killing it daily, but it'll be wanting to listen instead of trying to persuade me to live unholy and unrighteous. But I know where I be headed, and I'm trying to be the best man like a wedding. So, all the past nights are trying to live that fast life. I'm a killer dog, Lord. You ain't got to act twice. Point pride come before a fall. So, search inside of me and take that pride and kill it all. And I need surgery. Even if they never heard of me, oh well. Lord, I need healing, please. Let me just touch a coattail. I'm dying daily just to live again in your eyesight. Pleasing, even if I never make a million I let pride straight block you out of my eyesight But now I got my vision checked So yeah, I got my eyes right And I take a closer look up in the mirror So flesh to disappear for myself to get up out of here Two fingers in the sky Telling the world by Cause that flesh gotta die in me I said my mind trying to live in sin I'm dying to live again I need you to enter in me Two fingers to the sky Telling the world by Cause that flesh gotta die in me in my mind trying to live in sin, I'm dying to live again, I need you to enter in, can I get a minute of your attention and listen up, see now I'm penetrating them lies and faking be dishing up, used to control me, y'all living holy was hard, and see I was depending on them reading off his cute cards, and now I shoot bars, and no fear to hit your cranium, and manifest itself in your spirit so you be sane again, what I'm saying is that we were made to outlast, and we stand out like big boy, we're outcast, that mean cut off, set apart for the rest of you, cause the sin used to have me pinned like a wrestler move. See, I was so restless, true, but Lord, I couldn't sleep until I had found rest in you. You laid your life on the line, knowing that we all sinners. I carry my cross daily, just check my back for the splinter. Got it out to the flesh, cause it's ready to cut it loose. So if you need me, I be in the mirror, throwing up the deuce. Two fingers in the sky, telling the world by, cause that flesh gotta die in me. I said my mind trying to live in sin, I'm dying to live again. I need you to enter in me. Two fingers to the sky, telling the world by, cause that flesh gotta die in me. I said my mind trying to live in sin, I'm dying to live again. I need you to enter in me. That was Kid Nova. You can find out more about Kid Nova's music and his ministry at Kid Nova. That's K-I-D-D-N-O-V-A ministries.com. Today, my guest, April Lalanne, is here sharing about her journey through drug drug addiction and also healing and recovery. And today, um, Ms. April is going to be generous with uh, those listening so if you were the third person to post on the TNTBS talk show Facebook page, um, you will be receiving a copy of her book, uh, Memoir from the Glass Rose, and it is a great read. I had the copy of the book. I've read it before. It's an awesome, awesome story of uh, deliverance through, from the thorns of addiction. Uh, so, April, what yes. keeps you from, from not giving up? Like, what keeps you from not taking a turn and going back? Well, unequivocally, it has to be God. God has kept me from not giving up because even before I knew who he was in my life, I could feel something tugging at my spirit. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew that I had a purpose, and I knew that I was better than the circumstances that I kept finding myself in. 
Mm-hmm. And now, you know, my purpose from God keeps me from going back to those dark times in my life because I know I've been saved by grace to save other people like me. Right. I was given the mercy of the Lord to share his mercy with those still lost in the perils of addiction and abuse, and that just kind of fuels my purpose and keeps me faith-filled. And mm-hmm. So every time I share God in my life with others who struggle with addiction like me, it it keeps me knowing that I have to keep moving forward. Okay. Now, talking about faith and God, the development of a personal relationship with God and faith um, does definitely have to come into play when pursuing freedom and deliverance from drugs, alcohol, and or mental illness. What would you tell someone who is feeling completely lost and they're feeling like God is nowhere to be found. What could you tell them based on your experiences, either from the past when you were being delivered till now, regarding how to connect with God in that, in the midst of drug addiction? Well, the the first step in drug addiction, if, if you want to recover, is is knowing that you have that problem. And you have to understand that there are several different areas that are needed to recover from substance abuse. You need a good 12-step program. That is no question. You need a support system, even if it's not your own family. But more importantly, it has to be grounded and rooted in the Lord. Yes. It just is not possible without a relationship with God. That spiritual existence in your life, knowing that there is something that is bigger than you are and greater than you are, that loves you more than you love yourself in the situation that you're in. Sometimes that's the only thing that you can gravitate to, is knowing that there is a God that has kept you this long, despite the things you've done in your addiction. Okay. Well, that's definitely needed, um, not only for those who are dealing with drug addiction, I think for all of us who have different challenges and different things, because we we need to connect with our quote-unquote higher power. For me, it's God and Jesus. Um, For others, it may be some, for others, it may be, uh, they may call him by another name, but Whatever it is, making that connection and, like you said, knowing that there is someone, something bigger than you that Absolutely. Um, can definitely help. I, I think without it, we, we tend to be lost. So, oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. why in my book I talk about my book is not, even though my problems were addiction, abuse, you know, things of that nature, my book mm-hmm. is for anyone who needs that encouragement to be better through Christ, who needs that empowering upliftment to say, it, despite my circumstances, I know I'm better than this. And yeah. when, you, when you understand that, that's where that faith in God comes in to say, I can hold on a little bit longer, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm better than the circumstances that I'm in right now. That's awesome and so true. Now, I know we've briefly touched on this, but to those who are actually have family members who are in the throes of addiction or their husband, their wives, their children, somebody is having a challenge, what advice can you give to either a family member or friends who desire to help, but they have no idea what to do or where to start, like with 
gathering information, trying to find resources. You know, I, we know that you can't force somebody to do or or step into treatment unless they're really ready to. But for those who have like that support system standing by, just waiting, what can what advice can you give those people? Well, first and foremost, for the family members or friends of someone who may be an addict, you have to understand that this is not your burden alone, that mm-hmm. this is not your fault, and that you cannot save an addict. It is up okay. to them. It is their choice. Secondly, if it's the person who's an addict and you are looking for help, online you can always type in recovery, and the amount of information that's available today is astronomical. Mm-hmm. The, the first the first thing you have to do is even admit that I need help. And then you have to reach out. You know, faith without works, the Bible tells us, is dead. So and it's, it's the same thing in recovery. If you mm-hmm. want help, you have to seek it. Okay. It's out here for you. You can call a 1-800 number. You can go to your church and speak to your pastor. You can go to a friend and say, I need help, will you take me? And even if none of those things happen, you have to understand within yourself that I am better than where I am right now. And Mm -hmm. the same energy that you put into drug addiction, you have to put into seeking recovery for it to work. It's not some magic thing that you snap your fingers. You have to actually put in some work. You have to work it. You have to work the program. Yes, you do. You have to work wow. the program. Now, being that we know that, yes, you can't do this, uh, someone who is dealing with drug addiction, they have to want it themselves. Now, once the person decides, okay, I want to get help, I want to make a difference in my life, those family members, what kind of support is out there for them? Because they have gone through the ups and the downs and the trials and all the different situations Absolutely. with their their loved ones and seeing the, the hurt, the shame, all of that that goes into this. What What's out there for the, the family members who may have, yes, okay, so the person says, yes, I'm ready to get help. Now this family member is stuck with the scars of having to, you know, deal with the ups and downs. What's available for them, you well, know, to help it's, them it's, through recovery? It's my experience both personally and professionally that the 12-step-based program in conjunction with the spiritual recovery is is the best recourse. Nine times out of ten today, most recovery and substance abuse programs, like the one I work through um, here in Atlanta, Breakthrough Recovery Outreach, they offer counseling, treatment, groups, sessions, not only for the individual but also for the family. It's very important that we acknowledge those family members who are hurt by that addict's behavior. Addicts tend to think that they only hurt themselves, but in Mm -hmm. truth they hurt their friends, their family, their communities. And most treatment centers today offer help for the family as well as the individual. Okay. Well, that's um, positive, and it it involves the whole family because I think – Leaving that part out definitely is, could be a detriment because, number one, once the person goes through the recovery process or they're in the recovery process, the family member has to make some adjustments too. Um, yes. The, the family member has to 
adjust to this person's new life and and develop, you know, I guess trust trusting again because in in addiction, I'm sure with family members and friends, there could be some trust issues. So you're going to have to redevelop trust in relationships and Absolutely. and and forgiveness is key, you know, because sometimes there could be some unforgiveness there because of all the stuff that has happened. So forgiveness is definitely key, I think, in in the family unit or the recovery process where it includes all parties. So thank you for sharing that. Now, one more thing. Now, when you were in the throes of your addiction, I think you mentioned briefly about how um, you were feeling you were thinking, did you did you see yourself at this point today? Did you see yourself coming out? Did you see yourself, when this is over, I'm going to be in this position. My life is going to be so different. Did, did you actually see it when you were in the throes of addiction? Absolutely not. At the time okay. that I was in active addiction, really that was all I could really focus on was getting the drugs, you know, um, hiding that I was using drugs. I really didn't think about it. Now, beyond that, when I did, when I was forced to think about it, no, I didn't. I actually contemplated suicide several times, not knowing how I could come back from where I had allowed myself to to fall. Mm -hmm. But, you know, through trusting God and believing that he knew better than me, since he didn't let me die, I (laughs) continued to press on, and eventually I saw myself taking tiny steps toward a better life. Maybe halfway through my recovery, I started to see that there was a purpose for Mm -hmm. me being one of the ones that was saved from addiction. And as I got even further past that, I could see that there was a reason why I had gone through everything that I had gone through up until that point. And so once I got hired at Breakthrough Recovery Outreach, it really all kind of came full circle for me because now today I can share my story with other addicts like me where I work at. There was a time when I was the person who had to go and submit urine drunk screens and go to groups, and here I am. I'm the one giving them. So, you know, trusting that recovery process is extremely important. There are a lot of uncomfortable things that will happen as you begin to realize what you did wrong, the people Mm -hmm. that you hurt. But if you trust that process all the way through, it's nothing but beneficial for that addict. Okay. Well, Miss April Lalanne, April the Spiritual Soldier Lalanne. Where did that come from? My pastor actually named me the Spiritual Soldier. I get very, um, I call it crunk for Christ. When I speak about the things that he's done in my life, I do a lot of uh, informational seminars. I do empowering um, seminars for women to encourage them to be better in Christ. And I do get a little crunk when I'm talking about God. And Uh so my pastor told me one day, you know, you're a soldier for the Lord. His name is Daniel Fagan. And Pastor Fagan said, you are a soldier for the Lord. You know what? You're a spiritual soldier. And it just kind of stuck. And if you've ever seen me speak somewhere, you know I do get crunk when I talk (laughs) about God. (laughs) Uh Now, tell us, where can we 
find Memoir from a Glass Rose and give us some of your your information regarding your website and other information where people can contact you directly? Sure. Well, you can find Memoir from a Glass Rose on Amazon and Kindle. You can also find it on my website at www.inmyownwordsinc.org. You can also find it on the Create Space website. You can... Okay. You can email me at inmyownwordsinc at gmail.com if you want your own personalized signed copy, and I will get that right out to the to the listeners. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. From the wealth of your experience, your story is definitely inspirational, and I'm sure that many listeners have found it to be that. Um, thank you again for joining us. It has been a pleasure, Ms. April Lalanne, And You are welcome. It is, it is always a pleasure with you, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining the Growth Factor with Deborah Page today. We look forward to sharing with you next time. Follow us by liking our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash The Growth Factor with Deborah Page. Remember, there is wisdom in it all. God wastes nothing as we purpose in growing forward together. Have you ever wanted to feel more balanced? Do you wish you felt complete and whole? Do you want to be well-organized and grounded, more joyful and less stressed? Would you like to have a positive outlook on life, which will in turn enable you to feel empowered? Then join us at www.metothepowerofwe.com, where you will be inspired and stretched to become a better you and to discover your personal journey to greatness, because together is better. Thank you for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. What a phenomenal interview with Deborah Page and the growth factor. Definitely go out to the fan page. There's still an opportunity for you to be the third person to win the book from her guest on today. And there's just some some links to go and connect with her guest and to connect with Deborah and her fan page as well. This has been great. Now, as we move on, there are some things that we as parents don't always know, like the answers to the kids' homework or what was the teacher trying to explain to them. And, you know, sometimes we just need a little more help. So my next guest is one that can help us either in person or online. And I love the online piece because I love to do as much as I can in a little bit of time, which means we don't have to travel to get the help that we need with that homework, that tutoring. So the online piece is very exciting to me, and I, as other people are the same mindset as me, I thought it would be exciting to you too. Other people, the traditional method of going or, you know, having the tutor come to you, however, that might be more appealing to you as well. But she offers both services. So we have Ms. Quinn Jones that will be joining us in just a moment to talk with us about how she even started the Rising Star Educational Services Program to tutor. I, I want to say my guess is she helped because she knew how parents could give bad information. But she's joining us now, and she can get us started in that conversation. Hey, Quinn, how are you? 
I am doing well today. That's funny that you say that, that parents have a lot of bad information, because sometimes it does happen. A lot of parents um, that I talk to actually will have issues with that, what they call new math that a lot of the students bring yeah. home. So it's possible. <laughs> Is it really new math? It's just rearranged to confuse us. <laughs> It's just rearranged. They just have different. They just have different techniques now to solve problems, just to help the students a little bit better. The Ooh. students now are not like us, so they the have to have more techniques. They did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's begin at the beginning. Uh, you are an educator, um, so of course that's that would be a natural thing as an educator. But let's begin at the beginning. How did you even, what's your love behind being an educator? Tell the audience about you. Who is Quinn Jones before we get into the program? Well, you are absolutely correct. I am an educator. Um, For a while there, when I was in college and even when I was a lot younger, I wanted to actually be a doctor. I mean, it wasn't until my college years and a little bit older until I realized that I actually do love teaching. I was really one of those people that would sit my stuffed animals down in the room and would actually give them an assignment and then give them a grade, too. So it's probably something that I should have done from the very beginning, but I wanted to be a doctor. But um, I have a love of education because I like to be able to touch people in this way and to be able to educate. Um, so I taught for a while within um, CMS. I taught high school. And during that time was when I realized that school is good and it's fine, but I wanted to have that more one-on-one interaction with students. I love, love, love being in a tutoring session or being in a session with a student and seeing that light bulb go off in their head. And the one-on-one interaction, um, as I started teaching, was when I realized how important the one-on-one interaction is for students because they need to be touched. They need to have somebody that sits down right, right beside them that could actually help them with that content. So my love of learning started very, very early in life, and it wasn't until I was a little bit older until I realized that this is something I really, um, really wanted to do, and that's when I really started teaching. Now, why did you choose to do online and in-person tutoring? I know why it would benefit me as a consumer, but why did you take that approach? What did you notice? or Well, one thing I started to yeah, one thing I started to notice when I, when I started from the very beginning, of course, I did in-person tutoring where I would go to the, you know, client's home or meet them at the library. And I still do that type of um, tutoring because a lot of people like to have that hands-on with their child. But I also added the online component, the online learning, um, because I noticed that now with the, with the different ways that we communicate and people are so technology-driven, even when you look at little kids, even in kindergarten, first, second grade, they know how to use their parents' iPhones, iPads, computers. And so with that advent of technology, yeah, that push for technology, I started to realize that, you know, as everybody else has realized that this is a really good platform for learning because you can do so much and because these kids are so hands-on. And even with adults, too, I do work with adults as well. Everybody's so hands-on with the technology that I figured why not use that as a way to actually drive learning and help people um, learn as well, too, for students and adults. Okay. And when you said that, I got stuck on the fact, like, my kid, my nephews, who before they could really even put words together, could grab anybody's phone, find games, get on the computer. You're like, what are you doing? You know, you're always mm-hmm. scared they're calling to China, right? 
Um, <laughs> right? But they actually found they found games on there that they like, and you're like, how did you figure that out? I can't even get mm-hmm. you behind potty train, but you're on the computer and you've already found a game that you like <laughs> or something that's appropriate for you. So uh, listening to, and, and I want to ask some business questions, and we can talk more about success stories with the, the actual program and how people can get in touch with you since you're especially not limited by area, um, mm-hmm. by physical um, location. Talk about the business part of it because you noticed the trend in the technology. So as a person who's an educator, you start this business, it's a good idea because I know my parents gave me bad information and there are more parents out there doing this to their kids and we have rearranged math or new math and all these things that parents just don't know. You know, they didn't go to school with the kid, so they don't know how to help them with the homework. They don't know what the okay. teacher really expects because the kid is going to say, I don't know. Well, she, all she said was, and that just means all I heard was in between not paying attention, talking with my friends, or days and off, this is all I heard. Um, how did you, as a business owner, decide, okay, I got my craft, this is a good product, but I need to incorporate some other things. How are you staying ahead of the game? How do you even have time to stay ahead of the game? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, what I do a lot of times is I really pay attention to what's going on in the field of education, and the field of education is one of those fields that really doesn't seem to change much. You know, students are still learning the exact same way they've been learning for centuries in a classroom in that particular type of institution. And what I started to notice is as colleges um, started to go online and as you started to have um, states actually create their own kind of online charter school programs, I started to realize that there's this push for technology. Not only that, but also in the classrooms now today, students as young as kindergarten and first grade are using technology in the classroom as a way to learn. You have some schools that are outfitted. Everybody in the school has an iPad or everybody has a laptop, and the teachers also have really nice um, smart boards where everything is really mm-hmm. interactive. And so I started to realize that since students are, are familiar with learning in this particular type of environment where it's so technology-driven and a lot of times they may pay, play games and do things like that online, I myself as a business owner realized that that's something I needed to add to as well because it could be beneficial to the student because since that's mm-hmm. something that they're so familiar with, it could actually mm-hmm. help them with their learning as opposed to the pen and paper, maybe the way we learn may not work for students these days. Uh-huh. Did you ask answer my other question, though? <laughs> How do you what have time it? to know all that stuff? You know, <laughs> sometimes I, I hear feel like. I hear what you're saying, <laughs> but. Mm. Uh, a lot of business, times. For all businesses, how do yeah. you have that time to look outside? It's so trends. very hard. It's really hard. I um, I've gotten involved a lot with Facebook and interacted with a lot of different type of teacher groups, tutor groups, um, and I'm, you know, you know, I get all type of um, education newsletters and a part, and I'm a part of professional organizations, and I try to make sure I take that time because this is my craft. I try to make sure I take that time to make sure I stay ahead of the curve to make sure I serve my client in the best way possible. It's hard, but I make the effort so that I'm not you behind it so that I can serve the client. Exactly. That's that's mm-hmm. and I wanted to really make that point because we don't necessarily just have the time laying around. It's no. how do you, how are you going to be intentional about attention, intentional about making the time. Let's take a quick break, and when I want to come back, and during the break, I want you to think about a couple of things, Quinn, for me. Um, okay. As you have started with online and teaching, like meeting them at their home or going to the library, you still have those two branches of your business, and you heard the the business, you know, that this may work, 
you know, and that when I say heard in your studies and you making time and deciding what's going to be best suited for your clients, I want to hear some success stories. I want to hear um, some of your challenges in business because we've talked about all the fun stuff already, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about some of the challenges in the business. But then on that, what have you found that most people come to you for? So, like, I know I'm asking for a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to give you a break to think about it. And you know the answers already because this is what you do. But I want to know um, from you, what are people saying? You know, why why are they using your services? Why do they come back? Do they refer their friends? And what are your challenges in, in the business? And maybe... Are you hiring? That might be something else. I just threw that in. But we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Oh, I didn't ask you how long you've been in business either. We'll be back. I got stuff to ask you. Hey, I know that we all slip up sometimes, but not knowing your STD status at all Not a smart move. Did you know that STDs can even be transmitted through oral sex alone? Yeah. Worried yet? With STDHomeTestKit.com, everything you need is shipped to you, where you'll have results in the comfort of your own home in less than 10 minutes. Be certain of your status with STDHomeTestKit.com. Angel Thomas is a certified relationship coach with a no BS policy, specializing in preparing women for healthy, whole, and committed relationships. She does this by helping you take the focus off of everything and everyone else and helping you focus on self. If you're ready to do your work, you may contact Angel by visiting angelstaronline.com. That is angelstaronline.com. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. Amen. I'm just feeling like greatness right now, you know? You ever just have one of those days where you just wake up and everything just goes your way for some reason and you just like, yo, you feeling, you just feeling like, man, you just feeling more awful. <laughs> yeah. Woke up this morning, saw the sun shining, had a good long sleep, so I was feeling all mighty. On top of that, had a stack of pancakes on my plate, side of toast, home fried eggs, and bacon for the train, so of course, we're feeling so marvelous. But you cooked a good breakfast, looked gorgeous. Got to relax, chill, bathe in water, rich is how I felt inside, my life felt pissed up. No drama after eating that good meal. Uh, showering, I bump my music loud as hell. And no one seems to complain for once. Okay. Had the piece to do my art, not restrain for much. So uh-huh. scared at this point, it's marvelous. It's usually followed by just BS. So I said to myself, let's just enjoy this. Have a drink, sit back and sing this. It got me feeling so marvelous,
Thank you for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. Now, Quinn, I know I dumped a lot of think about this during the break, but mm-hmm. let me ask some of the easy stuff first. Like, how long have you been doing this particular business? Well, I have been in education for about seven years, and my tutoring company has been in operation for about a year and a half so far now. Okay. And that might have been the easiest question. Uh, the next thing, well, the next easiest question is, what are some of the things that people are saying about you? Give us some of your testimonials. Well, um, most parents are really, really happy um, about the services that I provide to their students. Um, one particular student that I've had this year, and one of the most challenging I've had so far with, as far as with the in-person tutoring as you asked me before, is um, a sixth-grade math student that I've been working with for about six weeks now. Um, and when we started out from the very beginning, he was really struggling. He was he was actually failing math, and he wasn't doing that well. And within a period of about six weeks, he has gone, you know, from failing math to making A's and B's on everything that he has. And, you know, the way I did that was we actually have a 10-step program that we will use with the students, um, especially our K-12 steps, students. Right? Yeah, everybody has steps. You have to have steps. <laughs> 12 steps, 10 steps. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. But the steps actually help uh, help myself and the parent and the student kind of stay in line as to, you know, what's the best way to help the student achieve, you know, success. And a lot of times we'll do assessments during that time period. They'll receive tutoring sessions. We'll do another assessment to make sure they're competent in that particular area and to make sure they'll be successful. So a lot of – most of my clients are really, really pleased with the services that they receive. And, you know, one of the things that really stands out with my services that I provide is that with, with my um, younger students, with the children, is I will stay in contact with the teacher. No matter where you are, if you live in Charlotte mm. or if you live anywhere, I like to stay in communication with the teacher so that I can align the tutoring sessions with exactly what the child is learning in the class at that time and then also filling any gaps that they may be struggling with in that particular subject area. Mm-hmm. And I think that is key, not that I do that business, but that's valuable because the kid is going to tell you the same thing they tell the parent. I don't know what the teacher on. I don't know. This is just, you know, of course. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So if you're making that connection with that teacher, building that relationship. So this child now has a village of educators around them, mom, dad's trying to help or guardians trying to help, and you have uh, the tutor that is knowledgeable and connected with that um, teacher. So, 
Um, yes. You said most of your clients are happy with this. So when tell me what happens when you have an unhappy client. What is what you is know, that like? Like why are they unhappy? Occasionally that does happen. It may be um, a lot of times it's because we may not have a spot-on match. Maybe I'm not a good match with the student. Maybe for whatever reason, the you know, whatever I'm doing may not be working. And a lot of times I'll sit down with the parent a couple of times before we realize that maybe this is not working to make sure it's really not working before we walk away from the tutoring sessions. And sometimes it's just not a good match, and it does happen. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and what, what, that would lead me to a question I didn't ask you before the break. What are some things a person needs to ask a potential tutor? And do they need to wait until the kid is failing before they get a tutor? What are some signs about that? But what are questions to ask a tutor? Well, you definitely want to make sure to ask the question of what are the tutor's credentials and their background. Ask them um, what, degree, what degrees do they hold, what credentials do they hold, and do they have any experience teaching and or tutoring. That's one thing you really want to make sure. Also ask them, like you asked me before, how long have you been in business? How long have you been doing this? Another really good question is how do you assess what my child needs to know? Do you have some type of assessment that you use? Do you have formal assessments that you give on pen and paper? Do you have informal assessments um, that you'll give along the way? And also do you use any type of educational games or anything like that to kind of enhance the tutoring session itself so that there's not just a workbook and a pencil, but there's actually real learning that's going on during the sessions. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I hope that you all are taking notes. And if you have any additional questions, um, Quinn is going to give her information. Yeah, actually, go ahead and give it now, and we're going to finish up with our questions, other questions. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you can actually visit my website. It is www.rising stareducationalservices.com that's www.risingstareducationalservices.com or you can also reach us at our phone number that's 980-228-1040 okay and coming to you when my child is failing uh, is that too late or our parents are, are we more reactive I guess than that so should I wait or what's a sign that I want to catch or I want to see something before it gets to their failing, before I come and get your services. It is, it's, it's okay to come to a tutor when the child is failing, but a lot of times parents are reactive, and it's, it's better to be proactive. So if you start to see um, maybe a change in behavior in your child, you know, it starts to notice that they're less motivated, they come home, there's never any homework, they don't want to do any work, or if you start to receive notes from the teacher, the teacher's emailing you, um, you start to notice that, you know, a lot of times now they, the parents are able to track their students' grade, their child's grades online. If you start to notice there's a decrease in the grades and you just really start to notice that your child is uninterested in school, you really need to sit down with the teacher and then sit down with your child to try to see if maybe you need to hire a tutor that can come in and solve that problem that you're having with your child. And a lot of times parents will think that, well, I don't need a tutor. I should be able to help my own child. But a lot of times you yeah. do need a tutor. You know, we hire people for other services that we need to clean our homes and to, to clean our seats. So you also have to make that same investment in your child and, and be proactive and really pay attention to make sure you're not missing anything so that you don't end up at a point where your child is failing and it's almost to the point of no return. But be proactive and pay attention to those signs. Okay, okay, that's good to know. Now, you said we're able to look at our kids' uh, grades, online, grades online, so is this a particular school? Is this public school, private school, charter schools, or is this all schools? 
That is actually for public schools right now. I'm not sure how they do it for charter and private schools. They may be able to do that, but I know most of the public school systems now, the parents are able, they have their own login, so they're able to take a look at their child's grades in real time as, as the teacher updates them on a regular basis so they can keep track of how their child is performing. But, you know, even if they don't have that access online, you can at any time email your, te- email your child teacher or call them, which you should always make sure you have that contact information so you can get the information updated is how your child's performing in the classroom. Well, mm-hmm. see anybody saying that they can't get their child's um, grades? And, um, you, so your report card didn't come home today. Is that, you, is that what you're telling me? So I'm going to pull up the screen. So what is this? Exactly. <laughs> so the days are gone of changing the, the grades on the report card. Then unless oh, can, yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. offer any suggestions. I'm not going to offer any suggestions. But <laughs> it makes it a little more of a challenge to change that A, that S into an A. Oh gosh, the, the the things we tried back in the day. Now, I know I I gave out a bunch of questions. I'm trying to make sure I ask everything I wanted to know during this time. Challenges as a business. This is a business that is needed. But what are your challenges as a business owner? Well, just like like you mentioned before, how do I keep up with the changes that are going on in education? Just making sure that I stay on track with that to make sure I serve all populations because I not only work with um, with children, but I also work with adults as well. And working with adults is a bit different, but it is something that I realize is needed now too as well. So that's something that I had to kind of adapt to because I realize a lot of people want to go to college, a lot of adults want to learn, a lot of adults want jobs, or they may want promotions, and they may not have the skills that they need. Say, for example, you want a job at a, a a reputable place and you haven't had really good jobs in the past, but maybe you need to beef up on your writing skills or your reading skills, that's where I can come in and actually provide you with some some online learning resources to help you with that so that you can go out in the job place and be marketable. So just keeping up with Mm. those trends like that, yeah, to make sure that I stay ahead of the curve. Because you do make time, don't you? Such a changing oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but you, that's what I do. It's like it's my life. <laughs> wow, that's that's it good is. though because mm-hmm. I'm I'm afraid to go to to the student center at school because there's somebody like me that maybe you wrote one good paper. They think you should be down here tutoring me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not judging you. I just you know. Yeah. So that's 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 you do. Uh, gosh. But thinking, mm-hmm. but if you love what you do, if you love what you do, then I guess it's not really hard to be curious about what are the trends. So we got tutoring for for the young people, we got tutoring for adults, we have mm-hmm. online tutoring, and we have in person tutoring. So That's you have right. um, begin to you know, find different ways to connect with people, and that's good, and you're giving that information on what you should be looking for um, when you're looking for a tutor. Now, this will be our last question, and I know we need to wrap it up. Uh, how expensive is tutoring? Because I think that's important. It is very important. I know a lot of times, um, you know, I'll get parents that will come to me after they've contacted, like, the, the big tutoring centers, Tutoring can be expensive at times, um, but the thing that I've done is I realized that as a, you know, as a business owner that I needed to make sure it's parent-friendly. So for me, it's not necessarily that expensive because I would prefer the child or the adult to get that learning and to get that, get that information that they need. So we keep the prices really affordable, so it's really parent-friendly, so you won't, you won't be met with those charges that you may get when you go to the larger tutoring centers. 
but they can be expensive. <laughs> but it's but it's worth it. Okay, so it is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. So the only time somebody may not be satisfied is not so much that they're complaining about the services; it's just that they discover and you discover this isn't a good fit. You know, upon you evaluating, um, we're asking good questions. You asking good questions of the parents. Parents asking good questions of you, and you determine this isn't a good fit. And so yeah. you're you're particular about who you you know you're not just taking people's money. Yeah, your kid needs tutoring, and you know they're not making good grades, so they they're just going to keep needing tutoring. Your integrity is intact as well with, with your business, is what I'm hearing. Exactly, like it is. Mm-hmm. All right, give your information one more time. We're wrapping up our interview with you, and I'm grateful that you stopped by to spend time with us. And this needs to be said. Well, thank you so much. You can reach me. You can visit my website at www.risingstareducationalservices.com. That's www.risingstareducationalservices.com. You can also type that in any web browser search, risingstareducationalservices.com. And you can also reach us at our telephone number. That is 980-228-1040. Awesome. And remember, even though she's based in Charlotte, she's not limited to that area, so she can reach you online as well. Thank you, Quinn, so much for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. Thank you. I have another great guest coming up um, for us today, and she's talking about her latest book, Forbidden Fruit, as well as her campaign against stopping, I want to say fight against bullying, but that's kind of, that's not the right word for it, guys. Anyway, she wants to stamp out, now, that's a bad word too, because it sounds, still sounds aggressive, right? Anyway, she's against the bullying, and she has an anti, anti-bullying, that's a word, anti-bullying campaign that she's on, and her heart is in not seeing another child bullied, and she even gave some interesting things that I didn't know would be the result of someone who has once been bullied. So we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk with Miss Leslie Crawford, author and advocate against bullying. Why couldn't I think of that before? That is absolutely crazy, right? We'll be right back. I want to compose you. Write you into my sheets like Gershwin. Craft midnight music with my fingertips. Then place lyrics on your skin with my lips. Intro insatiable. 16 kiss bursts. Hooked on your exhale. 16 stroke verse 2. Anticipation bridges one minute to the next. 16 stroke verse again. Orgasmic outro. Classical. You are my Rhapsody in Blue. To the hope that you'll be delivered to my door Make my heart financially secure I'm tired of paying for past mistakes You are my winning lottery number I buy scratch cards and 
Thank you for joining us today for another edition of This Needs to Be Said. Today we have with us author Leslie Crawford. She is passionate about putting together a story that will keep the pages turning as well as bullying. And we know that that is on the rise. Awareness of it is on the rise, and she's really an advocate for it. So she's going to share with us how and why that's important to her and what she does to combat bullying as well as putting together a wonderful book for you to read. Welcome to the show, Leslie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Before we go any further, I want you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell them some more about you. My name is Leslie Crawford. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a mother. I work for a financial company. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in business management, and I'm also getting my master's in business management. I'm author of Forbidden Fruit, sponsor, but I have my own campaign for anti-bullying called Outcast Me, mm-hmm. and that, that's me. That's in you in a nutshell. We're going to see if we can crack that open just a little bit more. Now, being a mom is huge. Um, how old are your babies? My son, he is 10. Oh, you you have one son, okay? This one. All right. Yeah. Oh, he's still your baby. Still get to be your baby, and that's a huge job being a mom. Now, what got you started with writing? I always liked to read. I never took myself growing up as wanting to be a writer. I just mm-hmm. loved to read books that came out, and it started off as a joke. I told a friend of mine that I was going to write a book about her life because she had so much drama. Oh boy. And I, I did. I didn't write a book about her, but I just was sitting home one day, and I like to challenge myself. I always ch- challenge myself to do something different, and I said to myself, can I write a book? And I never took myself seriously on it, and I was just thinking out loud, and so I just started writing stuff down, and I wrote the first few chapters, and I sent it to my best friend, but I didn't tell her it was by me because I didn't want her to be biased, and I said, mm. Would you read this book just from reading these couple chapters? And she was like, yeah, who wrote this book? Where can I buy it? And I was like, I wrote it. And she was like, no, you didn't. But then I, <laughs> I left it alone for a while. I didn't even go back to it or anything. And I started telling other people about it. And it was like, you should actually write. And I was like, I don't have no money to be writing no book and all this mm. other stuff. And so one day somebody told me, they was like, you really need to finish that. And I just got my thoughts together and wrote it. And once I had people read it and they was like, this is a really good book, I said, oh, maybe this is one of my hidden talents that I didn't know nothing about. Wow. So you you were telling yourself, no, you didn't take yourself seriously. What was it that made you say, let me take a look in it? Because when we do something, it can't be solely because other people said it was good. So what was it that made you say, okay, I'm going to overcome this no I've been giving myself, and I'm going to go ahead and try this thing that I wasn't taking seriously? What What was the turning point? I think it was more of I was able, because I have a very wide imagination. And always growing up, and some people may say, oh, you're crazy, I would always think of stories in my head and, like, actually be sitting there talking to myself as if I'm having a conversation with other people. And I always wanted to tell a story, and I would sit and think about, oh, if this happens, how the conversation is going to go with this person, that person, this person. And when I decided that I'm going to go ahead and do it, I felt like that was my chance to take 
all of this crazy stuff in my head, stuff that I be imagining and thinking about, mm-hmm. and put it on paper and make up a story. And, and so we have, stuff, and know, so we have happens. forbidden fruit, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can see how people would say you you would um be a little uh, distant. I won't say crazy. <laughs> but you need that creativity so that you can get something that people are going to want to turn the pages on. So let's move right into Forbidden Fruit. So the three chapters that you were talking about, are those the same three chapters that are in, are they anywhere in Forbidden Fruit, or did you do something completely different? I, if they are in there, I kind of changed it up a little bit because I kept changing it over and over again because I, for me, as being a reader, I want something that's going to spark my attention right away and throughout the whole book. I can't mm-hmm. take the book where I wait till I get to the middle for something exciting to start happening. So I had mm-hmm. to keep changing it, switching it up, and adding more or taking some out where I felt like it was just too much going on or it wasn't enough. So it's the same plot but different kind of. I had to keep switching it up until I got it to where I was comfortable with reading it. What was the writing process like? I would like I'm asking this question for those who are listening who are thinking about writing a book or in the writing process. What is that process like for you? See now when I first did Forbidden Fruit, I made the mistake of thinking I can just start typing stuff up as I hmm. go along. I didn't have an outline, I didn't know where I wanted to take these as I went along. And it worked out for me because the book, the storyline actually turned out good. But when I started working on Forbidden Fruit 2, I realized that it took me so long to do the first one because I didn't know where I was going. So with the second one that I wrote, I actually did it outline. These are the characters. This is what's going to happen to this character. This what this character is going to do. We're going to move from this point to this point, this point, and this point. And yeah, every now and then I would ask an extra if I think of something. But mm-hmm. this time around, I actually did an outline. I told myself, this is how I want this storyline to go. And I think that's the best method for me and many other mm-hmm. authors to actually plan out what they want to write. Mm, to make that road map and then go back and fill it in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to I like to do like a a blurb. I can't even say it's a, a whole story, but so I don't I don't have that whole understanding of the full process. So thank you for sharing that because it sounds like you start with the end in mind in order to be able to write it from start to finish, and you learn something from the first novel to the second one. Yes, I, wow. I, okay. I learned a lot. Okay. So give me something else. What would be another lesson between the first and the second book that you learned that could be great advice for someone who's aspiring to write? Not to expect that everybody you know, such as family and friends, is going to buy your book. You have Mm. to go outside of your circle and promote outside of your circle, and that's the mistake that I made. I felt like, oh, this is a good book. If my friend or my sister or cousin or someone buys, they're going to tell their friend, and then that person is just going to spread the word because I've always been told the best form of advertisement is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I got support from my family and friends, but it just stopped there. And I, I didn't take it further. I didn't take it beyond that marketing. I felt like, okay, if I post one thing on Facebook, people will see it, and then everybody will come and buy my book. And it just don't work like that. And <laughs> it's a long, hard, it's a hard process, just like we're promoting anything else that's fresh, especially because I'm not 
known. I'm not a known author, so you got to start somewhere. You got to start. You're still growing in that. So with the first book, when you say it's a long process, long as in how much time? What are we looking at? Um, possibly, I know it, it will it will be different for each person, but for you, how long from start to finish was it um, to create and produce the first Forbidden Fruit? It was three years, and that's long only because I did not continue through all the way through. I kept starting, then I would stop, and I would leave it alone for months. Then I would go back to it because I wasn't really taking myself serious at the time. Uh-huh. So it kind of took me longer. But when I wrote for, um, started working on part two, it only took me about a year. And okay. the reason why I say a year is because I wanted to make sure it was right. And I just wasn't putting words together. And, it, it and now, is sense. this the writing or is this writing and promoting? Both. Both. So, so for the first one, it was three years writing and promoting? It was. I would say three years of writing, and I'm going to be honest, I did like six months of promoting, then I got frustrated because mm. I was like, no one is buying my book. I'm done. I'm tired of this. And, and that's when I you learn the lesson about just posting it on social media or expecting your friends and family to buy. Is that where that lesson came from in that six months? Exactly, because people okay, come wow. to me saying, when are you writing another book? When are you writing another book? That was so good. And at that point, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't want to do it no more because I didn't feel the support. And in my mind, I just felt like if I put it out there, it's, it's going to come. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how hard it was to get the book inside bookstores. I didn't realize mm-hmm. the steps you had to go through to get interviews and to promote. And I thought, okay, I'll just get a table at this festival and people will come buy my book. Wow, and that, that's good advice, and that's a good understanding because there's a difference in, in process and in lessons from the first book to the second book. Now, what I want to move into is to talk about the first book, Forbidden Fruit. What is the storyline behind that? I mean, it already sounds intriguing and naughty, and I'm going to, you know, ooh, it's going to be some drama just from the title of the book. But give me um, the summary of the story and, and what's going on here. And, of course, give me some sneak peeks into the part two. I got to know. Um, Forbidden Fruit is about this young lady named Monique. She had eaten everything that she wants. Wealthy parents, lives in the suburbs, name brand clothes, private school trips, shopping free, jewelry, cars, anything she wanted she had. Maids in a house. She didn't have to do anything but go to school. And her issues was that she loved that lifestyle. She loved being spoiled by her parents, but her parents were spoiling her with money and not love. Parents didn't know what was going on with her, and she had a lot of inside issues because she longed for this lifestyle. Her parents was from the hood, but never allowed her to go there because their mind was, I don't want you to ever have to end up living like those people that's living there now. Uh And she always was curious about that lifestyle and always wanted to be a part of that lifestyle. So she ended up getting involved in that lifestyle, and in a matter of a couple of months, her life was turned around, upside down, and she almost lost everything that she had. And then her parents realized that they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing as parents because the only thing they, in their mind, was, let me give you some money, let me send you on this shopping trip, send you away to boarding school for doing the school year, and that's it. We're good parents. 
because you're taking mm-hmm. care of financially. Mm-hmm. And then her parents realized that, and not to get too much away in the book, that we got to do better as parents because they ended up having secrets of their own that ended up getting wow. revealed in the book also. Well, that sounds like a lot of twists and turns. So moving on, just a, just a sneak peek into Forbidden Fruit 2, Will there be new characters introduced? Um, will it just be part two of what, what you've done? Like what, what's going to be, um, the I guess, the highlight of Forbidden Fruit 2? There are new characters that are introduced, and in part one, everybody thought that the main character, Monique, learned her lesson. But in part two, it will clearly reveal that she didn't learn her lesson at all. And she just rise out of her parents, the secrets that her parents was carrying, and the issues that she was carrying within herself. And they'll be revealed what her issues were, and everything came to the point where they came at in part two. Now, will there be a part three? I mean, as you're playing, I'm just asking. Um, I've, I've been um, told that I should do a part three. I am, it is on my list because I have a list of what books I want to write next. Uh-huh. It is in the thought process. Um, I've got to get my outline together as to where I want the characters to go because it can clearly be a part three because of the way part two ended. Part two ended as if it could be a continuation or it didn't have to be a continuation. Okay. Okay. Now, what I want to do, um, the last part of this interview, we're talking with Ms. Leslie Crawford, the author of Forbidden Fruit. She is a word advocate. I need to know what a word advocate is before we move to the cause that you're so passionate about. What is a word advocate? A word advocate is someone that can tell a story, the same story in different ways, someone that has the power to manipulate words. Okay. Okay. Now, there is a cause that you are absolutely passionate about, and I want to know what that is and why are you so passionate about advocating against this? The cause is my anti-bullying campaign, which is called Outcast Me. I am passionate about bullying. It's a, it's a major issue in our society right now. Too many of our kids are committing suicide or hurting themselves over being bullied. And I started this cause because I know both sides of bullying. I was bullied growing up, and then I became a bully also. So I know what it's like to have someone pick on you and bother you, harass you. And then because I felt that way and I felt, so I in turn began to bully people. Hmm. That's why I created the Okay. That's a different story. That's a different story um, than I, that I've heard. I, I won't say that this is different for everyone, but I haven't heard that the person that was bullied became the bully. Wow. And it happens a lot because people don't just become bullies just because they want to be a bully. It's, it's always some type of issue. And I didn't realize until I talked to other people that it's a lot of people out there that reason why they they were bullied is because at one point they were bullied also. Wow. It's just a domino effect. Wow. So it's uh, called Outcast Me? Yes. 
All right. Now, how can people connect with you outside of this show to find out about your books, to find out more about the anti-bullying campaign that you're going that you're doing, or just find out just about you? Where can they go to um, con- connect with you? I am all over social media. I am on Facebook, so Leslie Crawford. I'm on Instagram at Leslie T80. I'm also on Twitter at Arthur L. Crawford. I'm on Tumblr at this is my blog, Leslie Rant. That's where I just rant all day long about stuff that's bothering me. Um, I also can be found on my website, which is exposedbooks.com. I'm on social media all the time. So those are the best ways to reach out to me is there, my Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right. And did you give your website? Yes, it is www.exposedbooks.com. Okay. All right. And all of your social media is linked from there because that could be just the one spot everybody goes if that's the case. Yes, it is. Oh, perfect, perfect. So that's Exposed Books. Give it again before I mess it up because I'll jack it up and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Exposedbooks.com, that's E-X-P-O-S-E-D-B-O-O-K-S. All right. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. I've enjoyed this time with you. Much success as you continue to promote your first book and get that second book out and promote it. It sounds like you got your work cut out for you, but it also sounds like you're passionate enough and you've learned enough lessons to make sure that you're successful with that. So much success on that journey. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Special thanks to our sponsors, Restoration Ministries, Church of God in Christ, where they're restoring the world through God's Word. They're located at 1204 Commercial Avenue, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Men of Action with LaShawn Huntley. Promoting social change one man at a time. They are located at menofaction.web.officelive.com. Therapeutic Concepts, Inc. with Asha Sims. They can be found at www.tconceptsinc.org. Center for Sexual Health and Education with Dr. Willahan. A Lifetime of Great Sex. They can be found at www.bestsexualadvice.com. Thank you to everyone who supports us by logging into the chat room, hanging out with us on the phone lines, and just logging in and listening online, period. Be sure to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash this needs to be said. Tell someone about the great show you just heard. Heck, if you thought it sucked, tell them anyway. Either way, tell them to tune in and share their opinion with us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email is let's talk at this needs to be said.com. There is an elephant in the room, and hey, we're going to talk about it. You were thinking it? We're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day. <laughs>